Welcome to 216, a link to the past randomizer podcast. I am your host, Dear Agent, and we're back for episode number two. Dropping a little early. The response to episode one was greater than I could have ever imagined. You know, I recorded a bunch of these episodes with my buds and my pals, and I had a blast doing it. But you never know what the response is going to be when you put it out into the world. Uh, the worst response being no response at all. <laughs> you just kind of put it out there and hear nothing. But that couldn't be further from the truth with what happened with episode one in the show. The subscriber count is growing. The people joining the Discord is growing. The downloads are are better than I imagined. And uh, I'm just really excited about uh, the response to the show. I've had such a blast making it. And so I thought, you know what? This is my show. I can do what I want. Let's drop an episode a little early. So uh, through season one, every episode will still come out on time on Mondays, but you might get a little bonus on Thursdays here and there. I have a lot of conversations already recorded, and I'm excited to share them with you. And uh, we're already booked through August of this year, so the summer's pretty much done. And there are so many people in this community that I want to talk to so I want to get through uh, season one. <laughs> I just want to share it. I want to put it out in the world. I want people to hear it because I'm having a blast making them. The conversations have been great. And like I said, the response has been overwhelming. And uh, I can't thank everyone enough. Best way to, to help out, of course, is just listening to the show, uh, talking about it, spreading the word, sharing it with your friends, uh, getting people to listen. That's That's the goal right now. And that's the best way to support the podcast which you all have done uh, immensely, so I can't thank you enough. So today's guest, uh, we've got Mughal Charm on the show, a good buddy of mine, uh, someone I love to play the game with, someone I like to create MSU packs with. And we're going to talk a lot about MSUs with Mughal because he is an MSU master. <laughs> and uh, if you're not familiar with MSUs, the conversation uh, might be a little confusing. So I'm going to explain what MSUs are real quick, and uh, that will cover that for 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 a majority of our conversation because we do spend quite a, quite a bit of time talking about MSUs. Simply put, MSUs replace the music in the game with a pack that someone else has made. So uh, we love playing Link to the Past Randomizer. A Link to the Past vanilla music is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time for video game music. So why would you ever want to replace it? Well... You play Link to the Past Randomizer, you play 10 seeds, you play 20 seeds, you play 50 seeds, you play 100 seeds. The music, as great as it is, can get a bit repetitive. I think there's over 400 packs now of different uh, subsets of music. So you could have uh, different video game music, you could have different music from movies. I, I know someone just made a, a classical music pack, which was pretty cool. I made a pack using WWE entrance themes. There, there's so many different packs. And it's just a fun way to spice up the game. And uh, so we're going to talk a lot about MSU packs with him, with Moogle because he makes a ton of them and they're all excellent. And he's got his own website, msu.studio, where you can download them all. So make sure you check that out. Main tournament's going on right now. Uh, my money's on Zelga Desan. At least that's who I put in my predictions. I don't understand how that guy hasn't won a tournament. Dude's so good. Uh that would said that he barely made it out of round one against uh, MM2 Nest Cartridge. Check out those matches. They're a lot of fun. Zelga's so good. Uh, another couple people to take a, or to keep an eye on during this tournament, and I'm kind of rooting for this matchup, is uh, Scottish Brave and Zen Arcane. Now, they're not playing each other right now, 
uh, but they've both advanced to round two. And if everything goes well for them, they could end up meeting in round four, which would be top eight. Um, both have just been tearing up this tournament and uh, they're both really fun to watch and uh, are engaged. So that would be, uh, that'd be, that'd be something to see them play, have to play each other in this tournament. Uh, Scottish brave versus Zinner Kane uh, still live and, uh, and really hoping to get to that matchup. Moogle charm is in uh, the top 32 playing against Diagamoth right now. If you, if you get a chance to watch game one, I would really recommend checking it out. It is on one of the speed gaming channels and it was, uh, it was quite the show. Lots of really cool, uh, main tournament races going on as we wind down to crown a champion. I've been on a little bit of a rando break. Uh, took some time off after qualifiers. I jumped back in at the Pog Champ tournament that's going on right now, season seven or eight, it was something like that. That was a big mistake. <laughs> the the uh, Pog Champ settings for this season are a throwback to season two settings that Kyong created. Uh, but they have pseudo boots and all the seeds. And the first seed that I played was against Zelga Desan, and he destroyed me because I ended up giving up. I mean, he's going to win anyways. There's there's no doubt about that. But it was this weird enemizer brick wall health expert item functionality seed that I just did not enjoy playing, and it was not the best way to come back to the game after an extended time off. So, uh, so there's that. We'll see how much I, I want to continue playing. The game is fun, but right now the tilt is real. Even though I've been away, I knew I knew what I was getting into joining the Pog Pog Champ this season, but uh, it just did not work out the way I was kind of hoping. I was hoping for something a little bit more fun, and that seed was not fun. So yeah, let's get to our guest today, Moogle Charm. Uh, currently top thirty two in the main tournament. Excellent MSU pack maker, good friend, and just a cool guy. And uh, I'm excited about our conversation. So here we go. When I think of Moogle Charm, I think MSU. That's like the first thing that I go to just because, well, one, you have your own website now, but you've created so many MSUs. What what MSUs do you, are that, that you haven't created that are your favorite? That I haven't created? Right. Good question. You created a ton of MSUs, um, especially some really unique ones like Super Guitar Bros, uh, both volume one and two, but specifically volume one is a top two, top three for me for MSUs. Uh, yeah. It's so good. I mean, the music's great, but what you did with it, and I think that's what makes you a good MSU creator is you know how to take a pack and really put the songs where they really need to be or where they shine. So what, what, but what packs do you use that are some of your favorites? Uh, it's funny. Cause I, I would say because I've created so many, you know, they're like my children <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't really use any other MSU packs, but when I first started out, um, I really liked using the, the DKC pack. That's one that I hear a lot throughout the community. The, the DKC one through three pack, mm-hmm. um, the music from that game is just, or those three games are amazing. Yeah. Um, I also really like the packs that Shady has created. 
on Shady Force. So he's done the the Super Mario Galaxy packs, mm. which which I find to be really really good. Um, yep. Not just because uh, of the the song choices and stuff, but just the music itself is is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, I think one of the things about it. One of the big things with MSUs is anybody can make an MSU, but making an MSU, and I think this is the art form of it, is finding the right songs for the right places, especially with yes. now that it's extended, um, is a real art. And I think that it's something that you've mastered. So you used Shady's. Uh, uh, keep going. Was there any other ones that you used before you started uh, using them? Before I started using my own? No, those those were the first couple. It was funny because, well, actually, no, I used your, uh, you had the, the Breath of the Wild one that, yeah. that I used a little bit. Um, it was really following you and Shady where I was like, what, what are these things? Like, why, why is there different music? You know, oh, right. um, I, it was just, you know, early on, I didn't really follow too many people other than like speed gaming or, or Andy and, um, you know, when I started to kind of see other people in the community using different music packs all the time, it was, it was just kind of eye opening for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say I didn't use like a ton, but it was just like, how do I even get this up and running and, when, and getting yeah. a couple that I liked. When you started, were, were there a lot of packs? Cause now there's like over 400 packs or something like that. Um, do you remember how many there were approximately when you started? Uh, I would say it was probably like several dozen. Yeah. Maybe in the hundred range. I don't know exactly. Like I, I've actually pulled up the, the, uh, the packs sheet right now. Um, there's several in here from like 2019 or early 20. Yeah, I want to say uh, when I started first making packs and starting using packs, there wasn't a lot. The, the, uh, I, I feel like cadence of Hyrule was a big one where people started to really discover like, Hey, this is a thing. Um, and I think there's a couple different cadence packs that, have, that were made. Um, but before, and before extended MSU as well, there was like the, the donkey Kong. I think there might've been like a Sonic one or something like that. Um, yeah, like I've got the sheet open and through the middle of 2020, there's a little over a hundred packs. Mm -hmm. And I had done my super Mario world pack in, September of 20. So yeah, somewhere in that 100 to 120 range, they're probably out there. But yeah, in the last couple of years, it's just blown up. Yeah, it's totally exploded. Was Super Mario uh, World your first pack? Yes. So what made you, what made you want to make the packs? And what, what, how did that determine what, what packs you were going to make? Uh, well, so the Super Mario World came about, uh, we were talking about Shady Force. So I was scheduled to do commentary with him. And uh, you know how, like, when you're going to do commentary, you, you meet up a little bit beforehand, you chat mm -hmm. with your co-com, you kind of get ready for the race and whatnot. So it was really my first time chatting with him a little bit. And I found out that he was a Super Mario World speedrunner as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and somehow we got on the the subject of MSUs and it was like, there's no Super Mario World pack out there. And I was like flabbergasted. Like, what do you mean? How does that not exist? <laughs> you know, like there's so many good games uh, and good music out there. And for whatever reason, there was no Super Mario World pack. So I was like, well, I'm going to try and learn how to do this. Um, and yeah, I ended up just putting it together. And I think it turned out really well. And I had always had this idea of, 
kind of creating these mixes and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, you know, the, the Mario games just historically have had such great music and I'm an older guy. Um, I just turned 40. So I, my heart is kind of with all of the really old games, you know, mm-hmm. NES, Super Nintendo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I could blow out the Super Mario World pack to include some other Mario games and stuff. And and that's where the the next pack that I created came from. The it was Mario like Mix. The, yeah, the Mario Mix. And that was just like it was so much fun to put together and discover some of my old favorite songs. And and that's where where kind of that idea of really trying to create the puzzle of mm-hmm. MSU started yeah. to come about. Where it's like, okay, I've got like five games worth of music now. Um, every dungeon has its own look and feel. How do I start to piece some of this stuff together? Yeah, which I think was a problem because I think I tried to put together a Super Mario World pack, but there's not a ton of tracks. And, uh, you know, at the time I was trying to do extended only packs like trying to get yeah. dungeon music and stuff in there not necessarily boss music but the dungeon music in there um and so i kind of i kind of threw my hat in the ring a little bit but i just couldn't really put the pieces together so i was glad that you put it together uh it's a pack i use often it's it's a really good one i remember my big contribution to that pack do you remember what that was to that pack? No, yeah. I remember your big contribution to my NES pack, but not that one. What was no, that it? one was the, uh, the the goal music. The beer. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have yes, that. Yes, yes. I have to have that. I remember. I that. remember now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had just pulled the uh, the track, and um, and then you were like, "Man, it would be awesome to have have that last piece." So I actually had to record it. So I played a, a level while I was recording it in Audacity, so that I oh, could. Oh wow. <laughs> add that in yeah because it was to get the timing right and you have the the little drum roll with the the score mm-hmm. and it, there's just like yeah i had to record it to to get it right but um yeah it when it when it i ended up giving it to you i was so happy with it and then just to hear like your your joy from that track was, was <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah, yeah. I, that's like classic you got to have that the yes. ending part to the tape it's, yeah. that's like one of the best parts <laughs> so, yep. you, so you go from uh super mario world to the super mario mix and then moved on from where did you go from there so that's where the the nes mix was mm. was shortly thereafter i don't um, remember my contribution to the nes mix so the nes mix was like i th- I don't know if this is true, but I'm guessing that it was one of the very first packs that just pulled stuff from a bunch of different games mm-hmm. to try to pull pull it together in one cohesive thing. Um, and like I said, I'm, uh, my heart is kind of with the old school games. Yeah. And, and I had this idea of trying to, to pull every, like all these 8-bit songs together that I loved and, um, you know, ended up grabbing a ton of music from like Mega Man and Ninja Turtles and Contra and Mario and Zelda and all these places. And, you know, tried to just say, all right, so what does this dungeon feel like? And and finding like, you know, if you think about Mega Man 2, for instance, there's like, you know, the whole soundtrack is amazing, but there's probably yeah. like two or three songs that like when you hear it, you know exactly what level it was um the the kind of takes you back to when you were a kid and and like i did that with all these different games 
So I had like a top two or three from each game and just started to throw them in with, with how I thought things felt. And, and I remember, um, having you run it for the first time and watching it and it was like, things didn't kind of feel exactly right, but I felt like I was on a good, good path, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to creating something really good. And in Swamp Palace, I had the, the Ninja Turtles track. And then on the boss, I had a Ninja Turtles boss music. And you had asked me afterwards, you're like, hey, you know, like, was it intentional that you put the Ninja Turtles stuff for both the boss and the dungeon together? Um, and I was like, no, it wasn't just just kind of felt right. And he's like, and you were like, yeah, like that, that sounded like really cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was watching you, like some of the other levels, they just didn't, they didn't feel right. And I think it was because the boss music didn't match the dungeon. Yeah. So my second go around was, all right, so I'm going to take like, you know, there's 13 dungeons or whatever. I'm going to take the 13 best songs and throw them in the dungeon. And then I'm going to just grab like the boss or mini boss music or whatever from those games and, and make that the boss music. And it was like, like so much better than the original version mm-hmm. and everything felt like it worked properly. Yeah. So from then on, it was just kind of tweaking and making sure that the, the tracks that I wanted to get in would get in. But you were the one who would like kind of started to point me in that direction of like, well, what if you tried to, to put the dungeon and bosses together? How would that mm-hmm. feel? And since then, like that's the, the kind of formula that I use with all of these different mixes, um, you know, where, wherever possible I'm trying to get the boss music and the, the dungeon music from the same game or the same series mm, or something them a bit. Yeah. 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 That nest pack is also one of my faves. I use that one quite a bit. Um, I use the Castlevania nest mix quite a bit because that, that's got some really good music in it as well, but you were able to sneak some Castlevania into your nest mix. So, you, so you yeah. branched out from just doing regular video game music Obviously, when you did the Super Guitar Bros, was there anything in between that? Because you've put out so many packs. <laughs> Honestly, it's hard to keep track of which ones are yours. Yeah, I like I have a bunch that are unreleased. Um, that like there were some that I put together. There's a there's a um, a company out there called Brave Wave that they put out some music. Um, like what they had ended up doing was hiring a bunch of the composers from like the old NES and Super Nintendo games and Genesis and stuff. And they had them create like just their own music. And that was an album that I really liked. It was called World One Dash Two. And I was like, can I turn this into an MSU just for fun? Like I was mm-hmm. just going to try and play around with it. And I was able to add, to do it. So I started actually downloading a bunch of different soundtracks um there's a game called bastion out there that i've never played but the music was really good and i created an msu out of that and um you know just never release them a i think because I, I don't want people to have to pay for stuff if they don't have to um but then b like i don't release anything unless i feel like it's kind of my best work you yeah. know and those things like i've just played around with a bit and yeah um, and it was more like, you know, I play them from time to time, but you know, not, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't like anything that, um, that I was like super close to and, that, sure. you know, I felt like was worth releasing to the world. 
But separate from that, like the, the Grand Pool World 2 pack, um, you know, that's a, that's a hack. The game is a hack. Um, the music from the hack is created by random people like you and me um, who are just super talented at creating music. And um, I, I think that was probably my first foray into like just completely unrelated or like games that I've never played that just had really good music that I just wanted to, to see if I could create good packs from. And, and I would say that grand Pooh world and then the Invictus pack are two of my more successful packs. The grand Pooh world and Invictus, do they have original music or do they take music from other games and then use them in those ROM hacks? Uh, a little bit of both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you go to, to find the, those ROM hacks, there's a, there's a website called um, SMW hacks, I believe mm -hmm. that yeah. hosts all the music and, and all the, the, the ROM hacks and everything there. And um, a lot of the music that's there is like, let's say resamples of, of like tracks that you would know today. Um, but just done in like, like a 16 bit format. Oh, okay. uh, and then others are just completely brand new packs or brand new tracks. So I did actually create a pack that I intend to release um, to everybody where I just went on that website, filtered on originals. So, you know, music that's not from any old game, you know, somebody mm -hmm. created it from scratch. Yeah. Uh, and I created a pack out of music from that. And um, it's really, really good stuff. Mm. What is it? What is it going to be titled? Like Super Mario Hacks? Probably hacks something, something like that. Yeah. 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 I, I think you've heard it before on my stream. It's like, I like to play it a lot. Um, so at night I play Super Guitar Bros. Mm -hmm. right, because it's so chill. Chill. And, yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want anything that's going to wake me up. And then a lot of times I play the Super Mario Hacks one because it's like super groovy kind of tunes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny that you, I mean, you use all your own packs. I don't use any of my packs, really. Like, I create my packs. I think I get burnt out on the packs when I create them because, you know, all the testing and playing yeah. through of them mm -hmm. where I'm like, yeah. ah, I just don't like I love the music. I, I'm really proud of the uh, the Breath of the Wild version two that I did just recently where I, I kind of went back to the Breath of the Wild and um, I felt like I improved the pack a bit and made it feel a little bit more like the actual Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. um, where it's a little bit more ambient and I use it a ton when I was, uh, you know, creating the pack, but I, I don't really want to use, <laughs> use it that often. <laughs> I think yeah. the pack that I do use the most, I guess of my own would be the Mikel and chill packs. Yeah. Um, but everything else, I feel like the eight bit rock one, the eight bit universe rock one I did, I never used. I see a lot of people use that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I've created so many that yeah, I do get to keep it fresh. Now mm -hmm. I do have a couple that I play all the time, like the, the NES mix one. And then my Mega Man mix one, I, I play probably more than, than most. Oh, and then super guitar bros. But yeah, like I, I totally hear you. There's, there's packs that I don't play a ton just because of that burnout factor. Like yeah. you said, but like one of my favorites is my cartoon pack, but I don't play it very often. Sure. Yeah, that was, a, that was a unique pack. So where does the idea of using non-video uh, game music come from? And, and what kind of compelled you to go in that direction? And 
what inspired you to to create packs like Super Guitar Bros or stuff or the cartoon pack or things that were outside of of the realm of just hey here's some video game music let's put the video game music on top of Link to the Past. Ah, uh, that's a really good question. I you know you always have I think as as a human like I'm always trying to outdo kind of the things that I've done. I always want to do things that are better, bigger, and better than than I were before and. Um, you, I think I'm always looking for something that can stand up to my NES pack. <laughs> mm. When I put it out, it was like this idea that I had and it turned out so well, like I just like nothing will touch it, but I'm always trying to achieve that, that goal. And, um, you know, unfortunately there's no other game systems out there that can, can bring me back to that kind of eight bit, you know, childhood um, and and has the music that will stand up to it. So I feel like I've had to try to think outside the box to mm-hmm. to create things that like that other people could look at and say, man, that's a really, really good pack. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, like sometimes I just have these random ideas and I think it's helped that, you know, I look at some of the stuff that you've put out where, um, you know, I think the cartoon thing actually came like, subconsciously it came from the NFL stuff that we did. Um, you know, where you had this idea for such a random idea, right? Putting NFL music in a video game. And I fell in love with it instantly. You know, the trying to find the right tracks for the right places and and the right Mm -hmm. look and feel for everything. And, and, um, I've got two young kids and, a lot of the time that I spend with them when they're not putzing around on Netflix, you know, when we're looking for something to watch on TV is to go back to my childhood and say, here's the stuff that I used to watch, which is way better than what you're watching today. Right. Right. And yeah. And you know, I, when I grew up, Thundercats was a thing and I could still play the entire Thundercats song in my head from 35 years ago. (laughs) And it was just like, man, I wonder if there's a, is there a pack here that I could do that, you know, that would have all this like random cartoon music in it. (laughs) And and, like, I just started going on YouTube and recording the tracks and (laughs) trying to see what I could find. And, and it eventually just got to a point where it was like, man, there's like so much here, you know, is, can I, can I actually create something that a people will enjoy? Um, B sounds like a cohesive pack. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, see what I can do. And, um, I had gamma tests quite a few different iterations. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest difficulty with that pack was the fact that a lot of those old tracks, they have lyrics. Um, yeah. so it's like, when do lyrics work and when do they not work? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I find the stuff without the lyrics if possible? Cause I mean, these things, these cartoons were 30 plus years ago. Um, so it, it was certainly a challenge, but, um, it's, it's really cool when I'll like, you know, hop into someone's stream and they're playing it and it's like, oh man, this, this actually was a really good pack. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL pack. So yeah. I, cause that's a collab between you and I, like we've talked about yeah. uh, contributions to, to, to each other's packs, but this was like an actual true collaboration where, I had this idea for the NFL pack because there's so 
many good NFL tracks mm-hmm. between yes. the different stations and then the, all the different shows on like in ESPN and NFL Network. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. man, this I think this could work. And I remember putting it together and I put it together pretty quickly. Um, and I showed you and you're like, I think I can do better. And I did. <laughs> I think it's in a, in a roundabout way. You didn't only use those words. I didn't exactly, say those but words. I, but I think it was like, yeah, you had a lot of critiques for the pack. And I remember being like, it, it kind of like the creative side of me kind of like tensed up a little bit like, oh, yeah. and then, uh, and then you kind of took your stab and really reworked that pack. And m- made it great and i remember after we changed it and you and you made those fixes using it and going like ah oh, he was so right <laughs> like, like, oh man it works so much better the way you yeah. the way you reworked it i thought that was one of the most fun packs that i've created um because it was a collaboration which i don't think yeah. any of the other packs that i've done have been like uh been like that yeah i the same here i don't think i have i'm, I'm going through kind of my list here and there's nothing here where i've worked with somebody on it um mm-hmm. i would say the closest i came was um so I, I helped dante create um his doom msu but that was more where he's like you know i have this msu idea i want to put it together but i don't know how so i kind of helped him through that process and and like showed him how to create some of the loops and um, you know, actually like took a look at some tracks and said, here's how I would loop it. But in terms of like actually talking about tracks and placements and, and that sort of thing, like, yeah, the, the yours and I, and mine was, that was the true collaboration. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that one was so much fun to put together. Uh, it was, I mean, it's a fun like, one to use, especially during yeah. the NFL season as well. Oh, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the music is fantastic. Um, I played football my entire childhood through high school uh football's just it's a very close sport for me i I love watching it i -hmm. love watching the analysis i love having it on in the background um and then you know to hear so many of those tracks and again this is like you know i i think part of why i love making msu so much is because it takes me back to my childhood and those like Mm -hmm. fond memories right and there are so many football tracks from 20, 30 years ago on, on ESPN or like yeah. those NFL films tracks where you're just like, oh my God, like you can, you can visualize somebody hitting somebody mm-hmm. or throwing a touchdown or whatever. Right. Um, or you hear Chris Berman, you know, yes, commentating yes. over the NFL live music or the yeah. NFL primetime. And that was like right. the height of uh, our, you know, young adulthood you, yeah. uh, as football fans. Primetime yeah. was everything uh, pre-internet yes. and, uh, Chris, Chris uh, Berman and, and Tom Jackson, you know, you just hear those voices ingrained in that music, even if you don't mm-hmm. actually have them on the track. Yes. Uh, it just totally works. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really fun kind of puzzle to put together. And then I think part of what was missing from the initial uh, thing that you put together was it was like, it felt like it was missing just two or three tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if we can find a little bit more, I think it could make the pack so much better. So like that was a fun little YouTube, uh, YouTube run there where I'm yeah. looking for stuff and it's like, Oh man, this track and this track. And mm-hmm. I think the Campbell's soup, like that, that original, uh, NFL films, 
Um, you know, like they would play it during those Campbell soup commercials <laughs> with like Donovan McNabb or whatever and his mom. And yeah. uh, like those were, were really fun to find. Yeah, that was really good. So you have, uh, you have more packs in the cooker? I'm always like creating stuff. Yeah. Um, so I want to release that Super Mario Hacks one at some point. Um, I've got like Super Guitar Bros. They release music every month, like a track or two every month. And I'm, I'm waiting for for a little bit more to, to potentially create another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Shireen actually opened me up to the, the Super Smash Brothers kind of stuff because so he created that that um smash brawl msu which is great and my son plays smash brothers like ad nauseum so i i get to hear a lot of the the levels and stuff and there's like i don't know how many characters 80 characters in it and every character has their own like volume of music and it's um set up in it's like a it could create like a moogle pack from it you know it's like these Mm -hmm. mixes that i could create from these different characters but the music is familiar but just like 21st century kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I was actually creating a Mega Man mix from, from Super Smash Brothers. And it's like rock music, Mega Man rock music, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got like ideas all the time. Uh, I'll probably release some of those unreleased ones that I've got. Yeah. Um, you know, I think part of having the website was to be a little bit more in control of getting my stuff out there and, and being able to tell the story with it, uh, right. you know, where it came from and, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping to be able to continue to create MSUs for a while. And the website is msu.studio. Is that what it is? Yep. Where you can actually download all your packs and then actually join your discord as well which has all these packs and a couple other people's packs like mine are curated a little bit more um, than just being on a spreadsheet, which is, is really nice. Um, yeah, it was more, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, if you, you get your pack out there on the website, like I want to be able to highlight who you are and what you've done and link people to your website or your Twitch and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could talk MSUs all day with you because again, it, when I think of MSUs, I just think of how many you've created and how many, not just created, but that are like top notch, top tier MSUs. But you're also yeah. like an accomplished runner. We're in the, uh, we're just about to start the bracket round of the 2022 main tournament, uh, which you will be a part of. Um, so top 64. Where, where did your, where did you find Rando? Like, how did, what was your introduction to, to Rando? Uh, I think it was YouTube. Like I was just putzing around on YouTube and, um, yeah, I I played a ton of video games when I was younger, uh, up through about college. And then after college, like I just stopped, um, I think, you know, starting a career and living in the city and going out every night type of thing. Like I just never played video games. And, um, when I had my son, my son is nine, um, you know, I ended up buying a switch a few years ago and just kind of started to slowly get back into gaming. And, you know, the YouTube algorithm works in magical ways sometimes. And mm-hmm. eventually, you know, you, you stumble upon something that you didn't know existed. And, um, I remember seeing a, a match. I don't remember what it was, but it was Andy versus somebody and it was a speed gaming restream. And it was like, what, what the hell is this? Like, 
someone took this old game and made it fresh. Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. Like, it, you know, the fact that somebody could even do something like that and um, eventually figured out how to, to get it up and running on my, on my own and um, just started doing it on my own. Not, not even like racing uh, just cause you know, we're talking about MSUs and the puzzle aspect. Like I love doing puzzles. Um, I'm a, I'm a finance guy by trade, but my education is in engineering and math. Like I mm. just, that's just how my brain tends to work sure. and being able to play this old game, but have it be different every single time where you're solving a new puzzle every time was really, really intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I ended up just watching more on YouTube eventually like figuring out what the heck Twitch was and getting a Twitch account. And, um, you know, I was like, let's try racing and mm-hmm. see how good we can actually be at this game and uh, eventually getting to where I'm at today. So were you, you weren't even familiar with Twitch at this point when you found no. randomizer, you weren't watching other Twitch streams Were you, nope. what about with Zelda? What was your history with, with link to the past or other Zelda games? I mean, I, Grew up playing Legend of Zelda. Uh, mostly one, two was really, really tough. Um, and then, yeah. uh, and you know, when I got my Super Nintendo, getting getting Link to the Past was, was a thing. And and I'm a Nintendo guy, so like every Nintendo system that would come out, I would get it. And um, you know, Nintendo's really good at knowing which characters are their best and creating yeah. great games out yeah. of those characters, right? So. Yeah. Like you get the system and you get the Mario game that comes with it and you look, you're looking forward to the Zelda game that's coming out mm-hmm. at some point. So, you know, every Zelda game that that came out, I would buy. Um, I never had Game Boys, um, so I never would play like those Game Boy games, but those franchise games mm-hmm. on, on the consoles, I played or and beat like most of them. I think the only game that I didn't really play was uh, Majora's Mask. Um, but you know, every like flagship Zelda game that came out for a console, I, I played ad nauseum. Um, and I remember when emulators became a thing, like, it's like when I was in college, early two thousands, um, you know, trying to find some of those old games that I loved Mm -hmm. growing up and Zelda, Zelda three was one of the games that I would revisit the most that yeah. and then final fantasy six like those are my two favorite games growing up mm-hmm. so i i would just i would play a ton of final fantasy and and then a ton of link to the past yeah i think i've purchased a link to the past like a hundred <laughs> times because <laughs> i'd buy it on every like i buy it you know when it was yes. on the super nintendo and then i'd buy it when it came out on like the game boy advance and then i buy mm-hmm. it when it was like on the Wii U and it would just, I would yeah. buy it with every version of the online services. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever was out. I was like, Oh, I need to get, I need to get, go back and get it. Mm-hmm. So you were, you weren't even, were you like watching any other gaming, uh, before link to the past? Does that kind of, cause no. you talked about the YouTube algorithm got you to that, but were you like into speed running, uh, watching speed running or games done quick or any of that stuff? Uh, it was actually games done quick where, where I think I, that's how I ended up getting fed into the algorithm. I see. Um, yeah. Where I don't even remember how it got into games, games done quick, but like seeing people beat games super fast was like, 
Oh, I remember trying to do that a little bit when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but not, you know, not actually making it a thing where I had a timer and was keeping track. Um, I remember that there was a, there was a Nintendo power where they were, they were trying to get people to submit times for this one Mario Kart track. It was like, if you can get under, you know, a minute, whatever, like you can get put into this magazine. Mm. And that was like when I was a kid, like one of the first <laughs> yeah. times where I was like trying really hard to do it. Um, but yeah, when I ended up seeing games done quick, that was like, oh, wow, this there's like a whole world of people out there that are just doing this, um, you know, for fun or or mm-hmm. even for their jobs. And uh, yeah, and ultimately getting fed into the the link to the past stuff. Sure. I think some of the first stuff that I really, really was enjoying on games done quick was like the Kaizo Mario stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. The, yeah the, I get the, watching those are like amazing. Mm-hmm, completely. Um, so, so you start, you pick up the game, you get familiar with it. You're kind of playing it offline, uh, trying to re-familiarize yourself with, with just playing the game and then obviously the randomizer aspect of it. Um, which version is this? Do you remember? What, um, what year, I'm what year? Think. It wasn't that. I feel like the versions over the last like three years have been like very scattered. Yeah. It hasn't, we haven't gotten new versions very often. I would say probably 29 or 30. Okay. I don't think it's been that like I've, I haven't gone through that many iterations. Sure. Well, what, what year did you start playing? Do you remember? Yeah, it was late nineteen. Okay, so it was probably mid, mid to late 20. nineteen somewhere in there. Yeah, so it was probably twenty nine then. Yeah. So what made you say let's let's start racing? Like, and, and we're, that was obviously that was SRL days still, right? It was. Yeah. That was a pain in the ass to set up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm a super competitive guy. Uh, like I said, I, I played a lot of sports growing up, played football through high school, um, fairly athletic. So like I, I just have always had this competitive kind of sports nature to, to my makeup. And as an older guy now, um, it's really hard to have that outlet to, to compete with people. And as I was getting better offline, it was like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that are just as new at this game as I am or whatever. And, um, you know, just, just tried it out and I wasn't very good. I was obviously towards the bottom of the pack, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, even today you, you mentioned the, the main tournament now, like I don't really have any visions of winning. It's more of trying to see how I benchmark against other people and, and to just improve, let's say every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So getting into the racing aspect was more of just trying to, to tap into that competitive outlet, um, that, that I could have now as, as someone who can't go and, you know, play basketball for a couple of hours anymore, yeah. you know? So in late 2019, it's mostly pickup races on SRL using the main Discord as a way to like find races. What do you remember? Which tournaments you started was was your first tournament, or which uh, which thing kind of got you into like the 
Well, the first sort. thing that I was really doing was the dailies. So, so now the dailies are like kind of back, but you know, that before they had died, they were actually still around. Like the, if you go to the, the LTTPR website, they still have the daily challenges out there. Um, mm. And back then the daily challenges were much more of a thing where people would talk about them in the discord and um, you would have several people who were running it. I think Those were basically was, asyncs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, like I had kind of started by doing those daily challenges and then, uh, there was much more of a, um, a community of daily runners back then. So I would hop into the dailies uh, every, every once in a while. And, and that was really my first like set of racing. Um, I think the first tournament I played in was, huh, was it the spoiler tournament? There was a spoiler tournament that was run a couple summers ago. Yeah, yeah that might have been the very first one that I played, um, like official tournament. I didn't, I don't think I played in the main tournament. Maybe I had done qualifiers, but I certainly didn't qualify. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been a part of the, the committee for a while and I didn't realize that there was dailies. Cause when you say daily, I think of the speed gaming daily, which, uh, I was a big part of in late 2018, early 2019. Maybe it was a daily challenge then. I yeah, I could be getting some of my stuff mixed up, but the, like I would be racing every day and talking to people about it. Mm -hmm. um, and SRL, like w I had done bigger races in SRL as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe those were the SG then weeklies or something, but sure. there was like SG dailies were a thing back then. From yeah. What I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they still happen, but with the with the with the latter, there's a lot less participation in yeah. the speed gaming dailies. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So you're so you joined the spoiler tournament. Did you join any of the main tournaments? I'm trying to think because 20. I think I did do the Challenge Cup in 2020. So I must have I must have like tried to qualify and didn't, and then did the Challenge Cup and then just got roasted in that. But that that may have been the first one, and then spoiler tournament was second. I could be getting some of my timeline mixed up, but was there a Spain tournament in twenty twenty? There, feel... there were two tournaments for a while. There right. was like a fall tournament and a spring, a spring tournament. And a fall, spring and fall, and then the league happened, and it sort of switched. And I want to say because we ended up running the league twice one year. Um. And I think that was the year that there wasn't a main tournament. Um, so 2021, 2022, I think we've had main tournaments. 2020, I don't think there was. And then 2019, there there was a main tournament. I could be wrong. I could be getting all these dates wrong. Yeah. Um, but you, you ended up joining the league in season two or season yes. three? Season two. Okay. And that was, which, what was your team? Uh, the double dippers, double dippers. That's right. Who, who was your, who was your teammates? Uh, we had Ed Op and, um, who was Tease the two? third one? No, with Tease two, we got the, in, in the third season. Um, man, why, why does their name escape me? Were you, so man, when I'm you join your the website, league, I'm going to find yeah. it. When you join the league. <laughs> ah, Swagalicious. Uh, 
Delicious. All right. So how did you join up with uh, with these two guys? It was totally random. Um, well, I, I knew Adump a little bit only because he was doing the dailies as well. So like we would be doing the dailies around the same time. And and I find actually that's that's kind of how you create your networks a little bit in this community. You know, when you look at the dailies today, there's a lot of the same types of runners who are joining those dailies um, or, you know, the whoever sending out pings um, tend to get the same people who join those races and you kind of create a network from that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ed Ump was one of those guys for me where we were always in the same types of races together, getting around the same times. And I remember when you guys were saying, Hey, league is expanding. Um, So, you know, we're going to have signups on this day. I remember getting uh, Ed and it was like, let's try and get a team. And and if I remember correctly, we were able to recruit a third person later or something like you didn't yeah. need to have the team at the time of sign up or whatever. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And that was the sign up where you guys filled it in like a minute and yeah. we were lucky enough to get through. Um, but yeah, me and Ed would be in the same races, but we didn't really know each other outside of that. And then we just randomly recruited the third and how did you guys end up yep. performing that, that that season? Um, we made the playoffs somehow. Uh, ended up matching up with. Did you check your boot in the round one of the playoffs? I've got the website up and uh, beating them. So you know, it's uh, we were a pretty good team. I did pretty well that year. I got looks like I was eight and three and one. Um, and uh, yeah, beating beating Tam and his and Tam's team in. Uh, the playoffs is a pretty good feeling. Yeah, I remember for I see think season two and three, your two teams kind of yeah. had a little rivalry going, not like anything personal, but just felt like you guys ended up matching up a lot. Uh yeah, we were in the same division and then ended up meeting in the playoffs as well. Um, yeah, and the meeting in the playoffs, having a really close playoffs, and um we even tied, I think, in game five, so I had to play game six and um and yeah, and, and every every league season after that was was the same deal. Where somehow you know you guys put me and and Tam in the <laughs> same division, and and uh, you know we're we're having very close matches. Yeah. What did it, when you guys made the playoffs? Did was there a sense of like, oh, I made it? it or did you ever get that sense of feel uh, or that sense or feeling of like, oh, I'm I'm here, I'm competitive, or are you still even searching for that feeling even though you're in the top 64 of, uh, of the current tournament? I am to a degree. Like I think because of the, like when you start to get better at this game, you play with you, you like play with people who are like as good or better than you. Right. Typically. Um, and I think, you know, we play a lot with guys like Gamma and Shireen and Megawatt and P-Train and Julio you know, and Wall Kicks, like all these guys who are the who's who of the rando community, right? And and I know like there's others who are really good out there, um, but like these guys all belong in the top, whatever, 20, 30. So, you know, because I play a lot with guys like that, 
I, I don't feel like I've made it right because I'm always losing to them and they're always, yeah. they're really good. And, um, you know, it's not until I, I kind of venture out into the world and I play other people where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm actually pretty good at this game. Um, I didn't feel like I had quote unquote made it until, uh, I, it was the SGL from a couple years ago. I had Bonta in my group and I ended up beating Bonta and it wasn't like, uh, I didn't get lucky or anything. Um, I, I played a really good race. I think Bonta ended up like not doing ice tea room or something stupid like that. But like when I go back and watch the vi- the video, I was, you know, in the same rooms as him throughout the entire race. And it was like, it's Bonta, you know, Bonta's really good at this game and I am, uh, you know, making it very close. Yeah. And You're when I won, yeah, exactly. Like that's when I felt like, oh, maybe I'm, I'm actually like pretty good uh, at the game, and and I can, you know, make noise in in whatever tournament that I play in. That twenty I, SG Live twenty, I believe, right? That was not that was all yeah. online. Yeah, not just the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, so you uh, so you, let me let me ask you this question because I feel like kind of what I want this podcast to be about is trying to understand the competitive competitiveness of a randomizer. Like we're all anyone that plays this game uh, competitively, that's not playing it just casually for fun has a, an, a sense or an urgency to, to win. Uh, and I, I think you see this in any sort of video game or any sort of environment where it feels really bad when you lose or you feel like uh, you might be better than someone and you lose to them in that sort of like frustration or like, yeah, uh, you're supposed to go left and you end up going right in this game and it ends up costing you the, the race or whatever. Um, so I'm trying to understand or what, what are your thoughts on competitiveness and randomizer together? Right? Like mm-hmm. if we were just to yeah, compete no. in, in a link to the past, we, we have that we have speed running and we know who's the best and who can perform and do the same actions over and over again and do them in a very um, skilled way, which doesn't fully translate. There's translation to yeah. it in the randomizer, but it's not fully equal. Um, and so it's, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on some of that stuff? Yeah. So I've always, it kind of equated the randomizer to poker. Mm. Like <clears throat> the best person who's at a poker table doesn't always win. I remember right. being in Vegas one time and um, I ended up getting pocket jacks. The flop came. It was a rainbow. Jack was the highest card. It was like Jack nine four rainbow. Like, the best possible flop outside of two other jacks, right? That could have happened. And, you know, I slow played it perfectly. And you're in Vegas. People are, are there and they're, they don't really care. They're there to spend money. And this dude ended up sucking out a straight on me, despite me trying to get him out of the hand. It was like one of the, <laughs> these awful feelings yeah. that I had. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I had the best hand and then I ended up losing um, a few hundred bucks and, and, and it sucked. But, you know, I tell that story because like randomizer is, is a lot of the same things. Like anyone can come in and quote unquote compete. Um, you're not 
always going to win against other people who are better than you, but you have that opportunity to. A lot of times when you're playing the game, what you're going through in your head are like the odds, right? You don't just right. like go to places. I mean, maybe some people do. They they see the green squares on their tracker, so they go to those places. But like a lot of times when I'm playing, I'm trying to think of like, like what is the seed trying to tell me? Where do I need to go next based on some of the stuff that I've gotten? Um, what are the odds telling me in terms of places that I should think about going to? Um, you know, one time I remember beating Gamma because I was like, my only opportunity at winning, like I know that I'm losing, but my only opportunity at winning right now is going straight to Tower Room and GT because that's my only way of cutting like four minutes out of my time. And mm-hmm. I got the key and I ended up beating him. Like, like the randomizer is competitive in the way where like we're all trying to solve the puzzle as fast as possible. You know, when you get to a certain level, like, like you and me, our execution is not going to hinder us to the point like where we're going to lose to someone like Gamma or Aerie every single time, right? Like we have the opportunity to win if we could solve the puzzle faster than, than they can. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of like odds and playing the odds and, and thinking about the math and what the seed is trying to tell you. And, and, you know, I talked about poker, like it's, to me, it's a lot of the same types of feeling and mm-hmm. to be to, to win a poker tournament with several thousand people, you have to get very lucky. <laughs> you have to True. also be on your game and, yep. um, you have to be able to put up with the, um, the, the long nights and long days and, you know, day after day after day. And, and the main tournament has a lot of that, same feeling to it right where mm-hmm. um you know you're like last year you were playing the same mode every day for weeks on end <laughs> yeah. um you know not this year it's it's different in terms of the format but the feeling is the same like we've been in the main tournament now for almost four months i think uh it's <laughs> it's a grind um and everyone's good and i've gotten lucky uh, along the way and um you know I'm, i still have an opportunity to keep going yeah so how, how are you feeling about this year's tournament? I feel pretty good. Um, yeah. The the modes I have a little bit of a question with, but, you know, in terms of the the um, kind of the, the structure, I think it's actually played out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're on to something if, if they make some tweaks with with how they go go about it. But I think having the diff- these different modes actually plays to my strengths a little bit because I'm not like the best at any particular mode. Like when there's certain names that come up, like you equate them with a mode like wall kicks or Zelga or Lynn, like they are cross keys, like they're great at the game, but like they're amazing at cross keys. Right. Um, when you think of like a GFE or Julo, like they're <laughs> clown modes, right? <laughs> like they're just really good at clown modes and they're probably going to win most of the time. I find that with myself, like I'm pretty good at everything, not the best, but pretty good at everything. And, you know, having the opportunity to play in this tournament with modes that you don't know until you're five minutes from the start, um, but, you know, and, and I'm a pretty good runner. Like I, I find that that gives me either a little bit of an advantage or not a disadvantage against most runners. Yeah. Yeah. So so what, what are the modes have you enjoyed the most 
that are in this tournament and what, which ones what, let's get into it. What, what, what didn't you like about the main tournament specifically? I, I don't like the tournament hard mode. Um, mm. You know, we'll joke around about how it's just heart piece mode. Like sure, sure. it's, it's really weird when you go into blind hut and then the Kakariko well, and you get 10 heart pieces out of it. Like, it's just, it just doesn't feel right. Um, and you know, you're, you're trying to create a hard mode, but a lot of times you walk out of Kakariko and you've got eight hearts already. And you're like, how did this happen? And it's like five minutes in. Um, so, you know, I think there's some tweaks that need to be made, uh, for, in terms of like, if they're going to have a quote unquote flagship mode. Mm. Um, I think the, the modes that were chosen aren't, like everyday modes that people play, you know, when people are pinging in the main discord or whatever, like you never see people pinging for MC boss shuffle. Sure. Um, so it's like these, these modes were curated to fit what it seemed like speed gaming wanted, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause I had actually voiced some of my opinion in, in the, uh, they had like a channel where they were looking for feedback. And I was like, how do you have a tournament like this where you have all these random modes and you don't have cross keys? Right. And people would say, well, there's a cross keys tournament. And it's like, okay, but if you're trying to find the best random player who can play a bunch of different modes, cross keys needs to be in there. Like, right. That's, <laughs> that is my opinion. And I think of the opinion of many other people and, you know, you can't disqualify cross keys because it tends to go over the two hour mark. Like mm-hmm. that's not, a criteria you're trying to create a tournament for the people not a tournament for speed gaming if you're creating a tournament for speed gaming you should be very upfront about that right that's what speed gaming live is about i think right um so you know i think creating or or putting modes in there that the general public plays all the time and are familiar with um you know i think would have made more sense um, but, you know, in terms of modes that are there now, I think the inverted mode is the most fun only because it, it you have so much that you can do right off the bat. It challenges you from a, a low percent perspective. Um, it gets you to think about the game in a different way. Uh, I would say that's my favorite. And then probably the MC boss is my second favorite. The inverted was probably the most controversial of the modes included. And, and you're saying that when it is your, your favorite of the modes. Well, I, I don't like Ambrosia and I don't like the hard. So like, you know, I, I've out of five modes, I really dislike two of them. And yeah. you're telling, you're basically asking me to pick my favorite yeah. out of <laughs> Something like, the bad really... children, right? Like yeah. I, <laughs> I have to pick a favorite, but I don't necessarily need to like all of them. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm not really an inverted player. I, I had to practice it a bit and, and try to figure out routing wise what tends to work but Mm. i think you know again going back to my comment around me being good at most things like i think if i can get decent at inverted it gives me a good chance of beating my opponent because nobody plays inverted it's not it's not a mode that's very prevalent um it it confuses a lot of really good runners um you know i did a practice run with zero rush and a couple others a few weeks ago and zero like completely forgot about things (laughs) you know it's like that's the kind of stuff Mm -hmm. where it's like if i just play a good game like and i don't forget about something i may have a chance to win just based on that alone yeah much less you know anything else that could happen so yeah yeah i think like the modes could use some tweaking 
Um, uh, I think, you know, the, the way that you guys did it with league was, was pretty good. Um, now I know that there's a co-op aspect to that and maybe there's a way to, if you remove co-op, how do you tweak the mode that people want to play? But, um, I, mm-hmm. I think in terms of the, the card system and, and when you're going from one race to the next and not having it the same mode, like those are the, the types of things that the main tourney can build on to make next year's even better. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of finding out what you're racing five minutes before you're racing it? Cause that was another um, aspect that was, I know was a little bit more controversial yeah, I, is the word, not the right word, but the one that I will choose to use right now. Sure. And I mean, that was another reason why they said no to cross keys. Cause it's like, well, people need to be able to plan for a three hour race then. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> then give, tell me my mode, you know, earlier. <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't give it to me five minutes beforehand. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's very nerve wracking in a way. Um, and I, I kind of wish that it wasn't, it wasn't like this mystery race, you know, the, the way it feels right now, it's, it's like a mystery race that where you're telling me what it is right beforehand. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know that anxiety of not knowing what I'm going to be running beforehand. It's, it does pretty it it doesn't sit well with me mm-hmm. um now i think it would be really cool that if i knew i was facing off against fear agent in the next round that you you know synac runs some algorithm and it says all right like fear and and moogle in game one you guys are going to play this game two you're going to play this game three if it gets there's you're going to play this like mm-hmm. that i think would um you know, you'd get to utilize the same system in terms of the the, the mode creation and that sort of thing, but yeah. you remove that that kind of surprise aspect to it, right. especially when like there were so many instances this year of you know uh, you have a three percent chance of getting this mode, and then somebody gets it, and they're like, "Well, what the hell? Like, I didn't practice that. I practiced <laughs> yeah. inverted keys because you know, like like when you look at our group." Um, we went the entire group session without having MC boss. Wow. Well, 12 races. And I mean, I, I don't know kind of sample size wise, how, how, uh, like the, what are, what were the odds of something like that happening? But like, you know, when we did the tiebreaker, we had a 50% chance of MC boss. And I'm like, do I even practice it? Because 50, 50 has meant nothing so far throughout <laughs> this entire group session, because there have been times where we had one out of, 20 cards in there of of a mode and then we ended up picking it yeah um so like at my first four races i had only two modes and shady's first four i think he had key sanity three times so yeah it's i don't know i think there there's certainly things that they can work on but they're certainly onto something as well yeah i think it's a, a big improvement over one mode the entire tournament because that gets that just wears you down for sure yeah well cool i think we got it all are you good i'm good man um i really appreciate you reaching out and and wanting to interview me and and uh kind of showcase some of the stuff that i've done a little bit and um really looking forward to continuing to race in the community and putting out more msu packs and getting to engage with with uh some of the runners out there and hopefully hear some of my packs on, on more streams and stuff. Yeah. It always feels good when you hear, hear a runner using your pack. Yeah. You feel that, that little sense of 
Right. Enjoy it for sure. Definitely. Yep. Well, good luck in the, uh, good luck in the main tournament here is in the bracket stage. Take it down, man. Win the whole thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. If I do, I'll dedicate it to fear agent for sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right. That's our conversation with Moogle charm. Such a good dude, man. I love playing the game with Moogle. Um, and just hanging out with him. He's just such a good dude. And, uh, and, I can't get enough of his packs. His packs are so good. So make sure you check out Moogle on Twitch. Make sure you check out Moogle on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Moogle Charm. Download his MSUs over at msu.studio. Uh, join our Discord. Uh, you can get the link by going to 216pod.com. Join in on the conversation of these episodes. Let me know what you think. Are you enjoying these episodes? Do you have questions for guests? And who would you like to see on the show? Uh, for the upcoming seasons. There's so many people that I want to talk to. Again, I can't thank everyone enough for the response to the episode one and the, the response to the show in general. Uh, I'm really having a blast making these, and I, I hope that comes through in the recordings. Thank you all so much. That's going to do it for this episode. See you next week. <laughs>